Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. In a few moments, Thought Speak will begin its broadcast. This is a dramatization, and in the midst of the horror and chaos, you will notice that we cannot interrupt for a commercial. For those of you that have heard the show in the past, you will find very little changed. And if you intend to stay with us for the next hour and a half, all these things are done to let you pull in the reins of your imagination. Incredible? You're absolutely right, it is incredible. And you are about to hear the results. Welcome to ThoughtSpeak, a podcast dedicated to the discussion of the 1996 book series Animorphs, written by K. Applegate. I'm your host, Coleman. And I'm Mitchell, coming to you live and in living color, basically. <laughs> As opposed to... As opposed to the regular way we record things, which is audio only. Unless you're listening to the audio only version of this, which... Will be available. Disregard <laughs> the entire first part of this. No, 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 no. If you're listening to the audio-only version of this, know that there is a superior version with video of these two guys. Mm -hmm. Check out facebook.com slash thoughtspeakcast, or we'll be posting to Twitter and YouTube. Twitter is at Morphcast, YouTube is Facebook, Reddit, something else. It's all over. It's going to be all over. This is going to go viral. I'm sure. Most like this hour-long episode. So if you didn't watch the private Thoughtspeak prior to this one, uh, watch it, because then you'll know why we're doing it together like this. It's the only place you're going to get that information. We're I'm not, not releasing it. I'm not it. telling them now. I'm not going to tell you now. Already, we took like 18 minutes to tell middle, them that. We're in the middle of the episode. We're not going to stop. Exactly. And this should be one of the greatest episodes, I think. That's not okay. Episode 3 is really good. That's, what? <laughs> <laughs> no. The, the second episode of our epic coverage of the David Trilogy... Is going to be a good one. We're doing something special for you guys. We're ramping it up, and as long as the storage space on my laptop doesn't fail, <laughs> we're good to go. We've never done video so far. Well, we've done video. I mean, we're filmmakers. We've never done webcam video. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> we were ashamed of how long it took us to figure out the webcam on my <laughs> laptop. Well, you know, when you're used to newfangled film cameras. And... I can load a 35mm camera in the dark. Really? I can lead a classroom of eighth graders both same skill set <laughs> same same we, needs we, we took diverging paths at some point <laughs> somewhere <laughs> right on but as we mentioned today we are covering one of our favorite books my favorite books maybe i don't know about this guy you've said you haven't read this one as much yeah i read it it's just not as much it's i've read the david trilogy i didn't own the second book for a long time so for me it was like i'd skip straight from the discovery to the solution Missing the middle. Terrible, yeah. terrible idea because you are missing out on watching the threat epicness right yeah, here. Which you can epicness incarnate. You can watch on uh, Nickelodeon, the TV series. And uh, for the first time on Thought Speak, you don't have to hear us ramble. And yes, it's a camera, Mitch. You don't have to play peekaboo with it. This is what? Oh, oh yeah, we're doing video. Mm -hmm. So as video though, you don't have to hear us like stumble over trying to describe the. Crazy cloud background. We're going to show you how bad we're does. Just, we're just going <laughs> to show it to you right here. And you can make your own opinions. You don't have to listen to us and our... What if like a Jeff Goldblum thing right now? Jeff Goldblum waving. So, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the cover. You want to talk about the cover? You know what? As far as covers go, this one's not that bad. I it's mean, it's, it's like got a... Jake doing the classic Wonder Woman. You get a non-glare. Yeah, get the glare there off there. Go. I mean, he's still decked out like a 90s kid. Yes. <laughs> That, I'm pretty sure I had that same outfit. But see, like, the background, you got, like, a sunset motif yeah. kind of thing going on. It's kind of good looking. It's not bad, yeah. It looks somewhat realistic. Mm -hmm. um, Mid-transition still looks goofy as hell. Yeah. But, and yeah. Uh, at least it's not, like, a random saying or, you know, logo tagline. It's the newest Animorph has a secret, and it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> In case you read the first book, you're like, I hope this has a happy ending. In case you didn't read the first book and you were like, there's a new Animorph now? <laughs> in case you just picked this up at the library and you have no idea what Animorphs is. Yeah. You're in for a trip. You're in for a, a treat. In our, in uh, we going to do the back of the book? Well, let's do the inside cover real quick. Uh, we usually do the back and then the inside. No, we do the inside cover we when we talk about it. the outside cover and then we talk about the back of the book. Are you sure? Every single time. Unless we do the back of the book first and then I don't know what's going on. <laughs> But, I'm okay. going to go to the inside cover. Give us the inside cover. We got Cassie. 
in yeah, the uh, they actually fit food in another character, which yeah. I thought was kind of neat. They don't do that very often. You don't see the kids' main characters mm-hmm. on the inside cover very often. No, it's almost like they were hesitant to really include the character models of the, yeah. the kids. But you got a uh, yeah, Jake and Dogmore. Is, is, yeah, cool. is <laughs> How it? How do we know it's not Homer? <laughs> in Dogmore. <laughs> I believe it's Jake. Uh, although I don't remember that part in the book. Yeah, it's in the book. Okay. Okay. Spoilers for the book. Not for the book. Jake our... Mark's dog. No. Spoilers <laughs> for our lives. Um, when did you read this book? Oh, uh, it must have been. I'm going to say two months ago was for me. It was, yeah, probably a while ago. No, I actually read it after you, so probably a month for me. Yeah. But I remember it very vividly, and, you know, my notes are awesome. So. Remember the hologram. There's some some kid oh, named David. There's some holograms. Yeah. We'll get into that. It's probably the most hologram, hologram, anamorph book we've ever read. I call it hologramception, is what I call it. You'll Holo, find out why. Holoception. Hologramception. Hologram crackers. <laughs> I need them. <laughs> Uh, Who's reading the back? Should we take turns? Ooh, like a (laughs) Megamorphs book. Well, you know they're uh, separated into two paragraphs there. Who's going to go first? Nobody knows. Me? Yes. There there is a new Animorph. Wait a minute. Wow. I put put the emphasis wrong. There's a new Animorph. Okay. And he's arrived just in time, because the Yerks are preparing their biggest takeover ever. The ultimate target, the world's most powerful leaders, gathered together in one place. What better way to get into the minds of humans? Literally. At first, David joins the fight with a vengeance. But there's definitely something wrong, because he's starting to break the rules, taking risks that could get them all captured or killed. The Animorphs don't know what to do, because there was a time when the Yerks were their greatest enemy. That's about to change. There's like 90 sentences in that paragraph. Oh, I know, yeah. They really start <laughs> jamming them in there. When they have to like really squeeze the plot into mm-hmm. you know these little bits that they give us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, first off, we'd just like to point out... Oh, yeah. Coolest thing ever in a book. For Check that out, readers. You see those names? Don't, don't look at the Miles. Don't look <laughs> yeah, at the Michael just... or the Jake. There you go. <laughs> Look who this one's for. In fact, that is my very yeah. first note of, of this podcast is that this one's for Coleman. Really. She knows her fans. If you think about it. For Especially since fans. it's the one that you skipped all the time. Yeah. That's... Who knew? <laughs> it was for you this whole time. Let's uh, jump into this, though, because who knows how much video we can record. Oh, certainly. Yeah. So, fresh off uh, from their last adventure... Uh, we have the team kind of free-falling off of uh, Visor One ship. Um, Classic I, Animorphs <laughs> tragedy. Yeah, you know? we've seen this so many times that we didn't really think that was going to be the conflict at the end. The conflict was more about David and all that. So, obviously, as soon as they uh, fall out of the ship, they just land and demorph and everything's fine. And it's like, yeah. fresh start! <laughs> Although they're on the same mission. Though. Um, and then we've got a couple chapters... A chapter, I should say, of them kind of walking around and discussing things. More, uh, more screen time for David. Yeah, basically, kind to of show more us what he's all about. Get to know him because in the first book, he's very much a secondary character. I would have loved in this trilogy to have one book from his perspective. They they really missed out on an opportunity. Yeah, I will say they could have done maybe a, a quadrilogy out of this yeah. and had David be the the first book in it. Would have been yeah. fantastic. Have him the finding book? the. the the uh, Escafil box? Yeah. Either the first book or the last book. I think it would have been great to have oh, yeah. an ego-driven uh, David who thinks he's one step ahead of them. And then we find out the surprises of the Animorphs, just like we'd find out like a Yerk plot or something from one of the Animorphs. That would have been really cool. Yeah. That would have been cool. I want the David book. And just think of the ending. Okay. I'm going to frame it up for you. So, David on a rock, screaming for help, and we're in his head. And that's the last thing we ever see of him. Yeah. That could have been the end of the series. <laughs> the end of the series? Trilogy. Whatever. Right, yeah. Quadrilogy. The end of the, end of this series. Um, the purpose of this scene, though, is, is just to find out more about David and find out where his priorities lie. And we really find out that pretty different from, from the teams. He's thinking about showbiz and stuff, kind of reminiscent of Marco almost, except he's a little bit more 
uh, serious about it, I guess. Yeah, and Marco's just not liking this kid. No, that's another thing that this book really uh, uh, beats into you is that him and Marco are just not getting along. Yeah. So Tobias, uh, he gets David a seagull more. And Axe. Did Axe not have one? No, this is where Axe officially gets one. That's good. Because Tobias goes to get it, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Finally, Axe gets his <laughs> seagull wharf. So, uh, yeah, so they're all running around seagull. They get to the hotel where this, um, you know, the world leaders are coming. And, you know, we're going to have this big, huge plot as laid out by Book 20, The Discovery. Right, yeah. And uh, they start uh, not dropping like flies, dropping like seagulls. Seems appropriate. Yeah, these controllers are wised up. They're not having all these birds flying around. They know what's going on with the Animorphs, so the uh, Andalite Bandits. They've got new sunglasses technology that's... Pew, pew. It's like Cyclops, but not as cool. Yeah, basically. basically. Yeah. They just kind of the, the freak all the seagulls out and force them to leave. So their uh, their little scouting mission doesn't really It's cool. Much. I like how they played off getting away, because they were like, okay, everybody, you're going to have to take a hit. Yeah, that was actually pretty sweet. And it's funny because if you think about it, like the whole David, he freaks out here and he's like, oh, you made me get hurt. You know, he kind of takes it as a big personal thing. Jake took two hits for the team. Right. Yeah. 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 He's not, he's not going to ask anybody else to do something that he wouldn't do himself twice. <laughs> twice. Best Second time, even better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but after their mission uh, is broken up by this sunglasses guy. Uh, we have another scene of Jake going home and finding out from his parents about um, his cousin Sadler. Yeah, and they start building up this Poor plot. And it's um, it doesn't pay off in this book. It doesn't, but it's it's <laughs> you wonder like they mentioned it in the Discovery slightly, yeah. and they're they're bringing it on more here. You kind of just know something messed up's going to happen with this cousin. We're hoping. Come on, don't disappoint us, cousin Sadler. <laughs> um, but Jake's trying to prepare himself for the the actual mission try to figure yeah. out a way they can get in i like that uh, showing him actually trying to prepare study a little bit for it this book is the essential what i love about the jake books so far in this reread i've never really noticed it reading them as a kid but i'm really connecting with the jake books he actually is trying to be this leadership type no yeah and this is one of the best books for for displaying that it's not just his i mean they all have characters or, or stereotypes of what they are and jake's the leader who doesn't want to be a leader and all that but more in this reread, I'm starting to see how he um, is really taking on the mantle and it's just messing with him. Every Jake book is messed up. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's probably got some uh, some of the more psychological baggage yeah, and by the end of this. They're easily, every single one so far has been my favorite. My yeah, yeah. Favorite Jake, Jake books book. are always right up there yeah. in terms of being uh, some of the best in the series. Um, <laughs> off screen, cough, cough screen. Uh, and then uh, while he's trying to research for the mission, he gets a call saying, of course, David's gone missing. Yeah, Cassie calls him up, distracts him from his research. Oh, cool uh, bit. The phone call, she calls him and uh, to kind of mask what they're talking about. They, they do like the pseudo conversation where she's mm-hmm. like, I was watching TV and... Dave Letterman's missing. Oh. Have you seen Dave? Yeah. David is missing. All the times they call each other on the phone, it's really clever. They try to yeah, they, they do some good stuff. Code behind it. But, um... So, David's missing and they need to go track him. Yeah. How do they do that? Best way? Dog morph. Dog morph. Even though... Whoop, whoop! <laughs> Dog morph, whoop, whoop! Uh, yeah. And after, after tracking him for some time, Tobias, they meet up with him and he just out reveals that uh no david went to a holiday inn yeah so they they fall on there and this, this is, is where we weird. get yeah this is one of the best conversations though this was so good with yeah. with jake you could really tell like he just did not want to be there dealing with this sh- shitey problem yeah it, <laughs> i mean he's really stressing out and this isn't like this isn't the normal book series or TV show like this where they're like, oh, we've got the new mission of the week, and this one's a really important one. The world's on the line, blah, blah, blah. Jake's, like, killing himself, stressing out over this mission. Well, yeah, and it's it's mostly just having to deal with this David thing. Like, yeah, he came got such a bad time. And, and the Animorphs, they've, you know, they've seen their guts on the floor. They've, they've really grown up at this point. Now they've got, like, another, even though he's the same age, they got some snotty little kid. Who, who couldn't have possibly matured to their level 
No, it you is know? it is just like babysitting. Yeah, it, it's hundred percent babysitting a psychopath who has powers that are, you <laughs> yeah. know bad idea. Rival your own. We said it in the last episode, but I'll say it again. What should have happened, should have left they should have dropped him off at the Chi Daycare. Come back. Yeah. Come back when he was leveled up a little bit more. <laughs> and maybe not even given him the power straight away. I would have tucked him away with the chi without giving him morphing power. Waited a couple weeks, see what the chi thought of him, maybe. Because, yeah. you know, they got to be reliable. Somewhat. <laughs> I would have packed him up, thrown him on a Skritna fighter, and. Uh... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> out, the, out in space. But uh, that would have been a better way of handling it. This This was just a really good conversation where. Jake is trying to get it over with as as quickly as possible, and David is just being an utter little crap and challenging him. That's what he he does here is he really challenges Jake. Yeah, and it's where we see the selfishness of David. You know, he's in some Holiday Inn and he's oh yeah, and he totally broken. Broken. I'm not gonna pay for it. Just wanted to be in the comfort of a bed. Right, and he starts in with the the sad camping. (laughs) (laughs) He feels um. A lot more sorry for himself than any of the other kids ever did. Yeah, he too. Did. He spends Even a Tobias, lot of time moping. Tobias is, has every right to act like this. Right, and, and Tobias never did. And he fully embraces the bird in him. And he's, As he's we able, all should. He's able to crack jokes with Marco about eating roadkill and stuff like that. If it had been David trapped in a bird morph, you know, he'd be crying bird tears. He would be. Constantly. He'd be like stealing purses off the street or something. Probably. Talking to people. Yeah. Um, so, excellent scene. Um, we skip ahead a little bit and uh, we find out that Cassie, of course, as always. She does usually come up with the plans. Oh, always. Well, she's the animal expert, so yeah. it makes sense. And this is one of the more, like, really creative ones. I was wondering when we were going to see something a little bit more creative than just morph, animal, infiltrate. Yeah. They uh they go fleas riding a dragonfly. Pretty awesome, which, uh, actually. Still not sure if a flea could hold on to a dragonfly, but we'll assume you know that what? Kay Applegate did a research. Yeah, I don't know about that. Although I did hear that dragonflies are like one of the most efficient predators. Um, and it, it even goes to show like Jake morphs the dragonfly and right away he like zips up and eats a mosquito, um, which I thought was like unrealistic. I guess they threw that in there just cause to show what the dragonfly can do, but. Yeah. Dragonflies are apparently super uh, accurate with their flying. Yeah, well, they can just... Yeah, yeah and they can hover. Watch one. Which makes the infiltration way easier um, since they are able to hide underneath a bellman's mm-hmm. hat as he's tipping it to people. What's the World Trade Center reference? Oh, I don't know. I, I just put oh, that in my notes. I see. You, you, Mitch, we're I glossed at, over it. You can see that we're glancing down at <laughs> our phones with our notes. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, notes, for yeah. sure. So, Mitch put... <laughs> World Trade Center reference on page fifty-four. Exactly. Could be something incredibly embarrassing. Kids at, kids at home, get your get your books out. Page fifty-four. What we got here? It's probably not even worth mentioning. I just put it in there because I always like pointing out World Trade Center references in old media. <laughs> Try and look for it. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah, right there. I was shrinking all this time, but I noticed something interesting. When you shrink to housefly, pretty soon you can't make out anything further than a few feet away. With dragonfly eyes, I could still see Cassie quite clearly, towering above me like the World Trade Center. See, I thought you okay. could, I thought it would be something about like jet fuel can't melt steel beams or something. Page fifty four. <laughs> no, but towering like the World Trade Center is obviously something that would have to be changed nowadays. Well, no, when the World Trade Center one is now the new building, isn't it like the Freedom Tower? It's, the Freedom Tower was like the nickname. It's it's um. I think it's just World one, Trade. It's one World Trade one Center. One World now, Trade Center, it? yeah. So you can right. still technically say it. it hasn't. It's still it hasn't been around long enough to like become like a part of New York in the way that people talk about it like that. But it yeah. will be, I assume. Someday. But one of the things I love about rereading the series is pointing out things that would have to change now. Yeah. Now, if they redid this book like they were doing with all the other ones, they'd have to say like, "What's the what's the name of that um tower in Mission Impossible Four from uh, Dubai?" I don't know. I haven't seen it. You seen Mission Impossible Four? Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking about the new one. I've seen four. It. You've seen three? I haven't seen three. Seen two? I haven't seen three. You haven't seen the John Woo directed Mission Impossible two? No. Have you seen the original Mission Impossible? No. You've seen Let's no Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> Let's move on. Just dumbfounded <laughs> right now. Uh, um. So everyone's uh 
inside the building. Okay. You're this trying is... to continue the episode. I'm depressed. I'm I know. suddenly depressed. It's okay, though. I'll, I'll hold your hand under the table. You know Brian De Palma directed <laughs> the first one, right? I literally could not care. Okay. All not right. when there's anamorphin to be done. All right, folks. Yeah, okay. This is, this is what you want to do. I didn't know this about my co-host. I, I really want to talk about this uh, uh, scene that we're going to gloss over incredibly quickly because they get in, they get in, and you know, I I think the book could have been better if it had delved into other things instead of spending chapters on things like this because they're inside the building in morph. Mm-hmm. They get up into the uh, air ducts and they're flying around trying to figure out where to go, race against time, that kind of thing. Um, they end up getting stuck in a spider web, and it's a big deal for a chapter. And yeah. Uh, you know, this is not what I wanted to read in this book. Fluff. Yeah, it's fluff. Exactly. Right. It does lead to a moment where it's a race against the time to demorph. Again, gonna be a staple in the series, of course. Um, it's gonna be a staple. But this time it's a little bit different. Um, Marco almost gets trapped in morph again. Yeah. Manages to demorph to basically just a giant flea, which is a horror image. Yeah, and he's not able to go any further for a few minutes. And they actually do make a, a, a bigger deal about Cassie being able to coach him down off of this one. Yeah, it's something, I mean, unless it's in one of the ghostwritten books. I don't think they ever went into this. Her almost, I mean, almost, don't they call her something eventually? Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, the first time or like two she's that a... this happens, and she's talked him through it, they're like, oh... Good job, Cassie or whatever. But this time, they, they call a lot of attention to it. Like, everyone's, like, really super impressed with her. Even Axe yeah. has compliments. It's almost like, like she's, like, a beacon for this ability. Like, it's not only that she can work better and she can, um, you know, do faster and do it artistically. It's almost like she's, like, a calming force to someone who might be about to become a novel. Maybe, yeah. I, you could take it as character development on Cassie's part or... <laughs> not sure which it is but i liked it um they find themselves in a room ah yes so after uh uh making their way out of the spider's web they uh find themselves in a room um with a yerk pool mm. which would it's seem in... to signal trouble yeah and it's it's a giant like ballroom yeah and there's a yerk pool like right in the middle of it so they're obviously slightly confused yeah, they're all about to go battle morphs, but Jake's like, cool your jets, guys. Um, let's figure this stuff out. And eventually they realize that they're just hiding behind a hologram. It's they're, it's it, like a pillar in the room. Yeah, it's a weird description. Mm-hmm. They're inside a pillar, or a hologram of a pillar. Um, and then <laughs> they they uh, they have Visitor 3 comes in here, and he's in human morph, they discover. Mm-hmm. Um, his name's Tony. I call him Visitor Tony. Visitor Tony. Yeah, <laughs> Um, basically goes on to lay out the entirety of the Yurk plot for them to just hear. Very convenient. Right. Um, but after that, they decide, you know, they're not really ready for this, and they gotta get out of there. And one more decision they have to make, again, continuing the darkness of this book. Oh, this is awesome, though. You got a little Yurk pool, this is gonna come up again, but you got a tiny little Yurk pool, you got a power plug, Jake's putting... This is character development. This is character development right here. This is the start of character development. Remember... Uh, remember our second Jake book, The Capture? Mm-hmm. Remember how eager he was to straight up murder all the Yerks in the Yerk pool that they found? Mm-hmm. No questions asked. He was like, this is the right thing to do is kill these guys. Yeah. Now, confronted with the same problem, <sighs> even Axe is like, Prince Jake, what should we do about this? Yeah. And Jake, he, he specifically says, better leave him alone for now or something like that something that implied that you know he really had he, no desire he to comes up guys. with the excuse that um if we kill it these yurks it would show them that we've been here yeah. and then they'll up the security mm-hmm. um, which is a good excuse but you can tell from that one line of dialogue you can tell that he really had more reservations in about his, it now we're in his head i mean he's talking about how he doesn't really want to do it so right which, uh, if you've read the end of the series, doesn't always think that way. <laughs> well, he's, he's going to go through some changes. For the young Yurks in the audience. Gotcha, it's going to happen. And, you know, it would have almost been home free, no problems here. But David has got to be a reckless, run-and-gun kind of guy. Yep. Um, uses his lion morph. Yeah, well, they triggered, they triggered an alarm. 
And that's what makes them go. Yeah, some guards come filing in, and they think there's going to be a scuffle. Yeah, so David morphs into his new line morph, which pretty awesome. I mean, it's kind of... I like how your main inner morphs, they don't have, like, very obvious battle morphs. And for David, they're like, he's a very obvious character. He's going to obviously pick the, a lion. That's his mm-hmm. morph. That's yeah, so, why not? That's so him. It makes sense for, like, a villainy kind of character, though. Yeah. Does he... Uh... You're so tired of some coffee, man. Yeah, man, I do. Um, in the uh, when does he bring up? When's the conversation on him asking about oh, whether a lion can take? Lion yeah, tiger? was that in the hotel room? Yeah, that was in the hotel room. I yeah. believe. Who do you think would win in a? Oh in yeah, a and that conversation was straight up Intense. him challenging yeah. Jake. That's all it was. And he about. plays it off just like everything with David. He plays it off as a joke. Oh ha ha, you know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just wondering, you know. Tiger fights a lion. Who do you think would win? <laughs> um, later, they're all discussing Visor Tony's latest plot to take over the earth. And uh, Jake and Rachel start to discuss their cousin Sadler and his situation. And they're doing it in front of the group. And you just see David get this like look of elation. Yeah. Uh, I think it specifically says he looked like somebody had given him a gift. Yeah. Or something like that. Which is very... Uh... Oh, that's ominous. It's not super subtle writing, but... <laughs> well, no, but it's ominous as hell. Yeah. It brings this sad... It brings this sadder thing from a random piece of dialogue to... Oh, this is a plot point. Yeah, this is gonna enter in the plot now because it's in David's head for some reason. Um, so they discuss David. Um, like, they actually talk about... They manage to break away from David for a little bit. And yeah. Jake, like, talks about him with the group. Mm-hmm. And everyone's not really sure what to make of him. Except for Marco, who hates him. Yeah. <laughs> Cassie's trying her best to remain, like, level-headed about it. Yeah, they kind of decide she... that he has been through a lot, and, yeah. you know, we should take it easy on him. And that's the mistake, is that Jake is just like, ignore the problem, ignore the problem, focus yeah. on the bigger picture. He keeps picture. thinking, like, okay, we have a mission. To... He doesn't understand that they're taking this reckless force into this mission. With I don't know why they, I mean, I kind of understand why they decided to include David, because they can't really let him out of their sight. They can't, like, go on a mission without him. Because she daycare. Breaks into the Holiday Inn. Yeah. yeah, he breaks into... Wouldn't have happened if there was can't... a Chi Guardian. Wouldn't happen if there's like, a Best Western nearby or anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, and uh, everybody comes up with a new plan, basically. And this is kind of original, too, I thought. Um, they actually use their bird morphs and, like, weaponize them yep. is the best way I could put that with, <laughs> with small weights mm-hmm. and you gotta imagine they're probably like little magnets the size of you know quarters that's kind of what yeah. I was picturing for the birds to be carrying but they drop them from a really high height and knock out some controllers I don't think that's later though it's really hard to keep up with notes on a cell phone when you're doing this yeah and talking at the same time and trying to like look cool on camera oh, like so cool. Yeah, like I, I go over here. That's a good angle. Over here. Too. Oh no, that's a pretty good angle too. Um, I don't have a bad angle. <laughs> important thing to mention as they're flying over the beach, uh, Cassie spots the president down below, and he's wearing Wait, shorts. shorts. Important. Very. Important. I don't know why, but it's important. You wrote that note. I know. Um, they managed to find their way back into the hologram pillar. Oh, because there's a there roof was... access directly up. Yeah. <laughs> good thing they boot. Well, because they said that they have to. Um, the power source for the hologram is uh, actually in one of the ships floating above the Yeah, hotel. it's somewhere else. So they had to have direct access. They, and they put another hologram. Uh, it's like a hologram inside of a hologram. Right. Um, Point is, they make they make their way back into the hologram pillar. And they're watching the event go down. Um, and then the president starts to get up. And now he's wearing a tuxedo. No longer in shorts. Right, yeah. How terrible. And they're just kind of sitting there watching. And they had expected one of the heads of state to already be a yerk. So as they're sitting in the pillar, waiting for them to come around, they're like, whoever the yerks grab is obviously not the controller. Yeah. But the first guy goes up there, starts talking, everything's cool, and they're like, okay, he must be the controller. He walks away. Another guy walks up there, same thing. Yeah. They're like, uh-oh, problem. Um, and Jake's just sitting there the whole time, like rain manning, trying to figure it out, figure out what's going on while everyone's freaking out. <laughs> and um oh here's another totally effed up part of this book once again we see no hesitance on their part mm-hmm. to morph human they just do it they, they 
have all these problems with morphing dolphins and then <laughs> and then when the when the right them. situation presents itself they're like maybe this is just such an intense conversation. i mean this is not this is not their mcdonald's your cool entrance mission this is no, this president is of the united states enough. and i'm glad that they recognize that too that they're are occasions where morphing human is probably the better route to go. Plus, I mean, Cassie just went through this experience putting the animorphs, all this stuff, you know. Yeah, which they were super quick to accept her back. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, probably because they, you know, don't get her nagging them for maybe a couple books. Like, this is, like, why this is lined up so that, you know, they did this whole experience with Cassie just to get her off their back for... (laughs) Well, and then they made her a really important character, obviously, with the being able to coach people out of yeah. Not demorphing properly. Exactly. Um, so as they're sitting there trying to figure out everything and and why there seemingly aren't any controllers, uh, I think Jake catches on to the whole plot that what they're looking at is a hologram. Yeah, and they actually catch it because of the... And one thing he thinks about is the whole... The, the president was just outside in shorts, and now he's inside in a tuxedo. No one can get dressed that quickly. He was doing something completely different, walking the wrong direction and everything. So that on top of the convenience of what's going on, I think, and how the plan isn't going how they were told from Eric Chi, which is an incredibly reliable source, um, he he just flips out immediately like, battle morphs now, go. Which, man, if if the Yurks had just put a little camera in that pillar hologram that they knew the Andalite bandits were going to be in. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I don't think they knew that they would be specifically in that spot, but they knew they'd, you know, probably be around the area somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about the Yurks plan right here for a real quick sec. They have somehow holographically mm-hmm. recorded an entire event. Mm-hmm. Think of like, uh, like the well, ballroom at a Holiday Inn. Hold on, hold on. You're putting our current human technology and trying to explain the Yurks with it. This is probably not, this is probably CGI, like the most realistic CGI you could create. They recreated... I don't know how many exactly heads of state holographically giving speeches. We're talking about a species who broke the speed of light with their ships. This is this is like three button presses on their final cut ten hundred. It didn't strike me as a. I mean, it's a good plan. Broaden your mind. Holograminception is is a good plan. I'm not joking. This is probably like. Okay, we got our hologram set up. You know, it's like. I, it's not that easy to just make holograms of Mitch people. And, you don't understand. And it gets even crazier. Faster than light travel. It gets even crazier when they project an entire hologram hork army into the room as not well. Not that crazy. We can do that just on a movie screen. It just takes us three years. <laughs> Why do you think it would be hard for a super advanced spacefaring race to throw it together in an afternoon? How are they going to get the people's correct voices, mannerisms, you, anything oh, like that? Oh, those people who have those people who are in the spotlight constantly and have hundreds of hours of documented video on them. Are you saying that the Yerks? That's a Google search. Stitch together in I final cut. The final cut of holograms. No, you're you're trying to put human technology on this alien race. It's well beyond ours. It's we can so already. You're, you're giving them a free pass because they're. Adult. Is what you're saying. I'm giving them a free pass on their advanced technology because they're an advanced species with advanced technology, yes. Clearly, We're talking, it okay. just doesn't bother no, 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 no. as much as We're it We're going to this. This is going to be a tangent. Here's the things that they're doing. They're creating lifelike, uh, photorealistic, uh, computer... 3D? 3D. Holograms. Holograms. Computer-generated... A generated, big deal. Computer-generated... Okay. We can all already do all of those things. It just takes us an incredibly long time to get them that realistic. But we can already, right. as humans, do all of that right now. Okay? That's step one. I don't think we can project an entire banquet hall we with can. individual moving pieces, everybody we getting can't. up, walking, giving speeches. We can't do we can't do it that complex. But it's like it's like if we can it's like the airplane, okay? You got the Wright brothers in their crappy little glider. You know, in North Carolina or whatever states fighting over who created flight first. <laughs> um, you've got them in this horrible people pa- paper mache airplane flying, and that leads to us landing on Mars. I mean, that's that's how it is. Okay, it's this it's this incredibly simple thing. Here's the super advanced version of it. <laughs> this was such a small nitpick of mine. I just wanted it to is. say that it was an incredible 
incredibly I have a problem way out there elaborate plan. I have a problem with anyone who says something is not impossible or something is impossible because we, No, no, no. no. I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Listen, if it is possible, it is done. If it is impossible, it will be done. Exactly. So what do you what's your argument? My argument is that it's just dumb. Okay. That's a we, good argument. The Yerks fooled the Andalite bandits with three layers of holograms. That's three layers of holograms. That's, I'd be I'd be surprised by that probably. <laughs> well, me. and they were. Oops, I just messed up my notes hardcore. <sighs> okay. Everyone's in Battle Morph now because Visitor Tony's out there and he's actually captured them, he's revealing their plot. The banquet was tomorrow night. <laughs> That's him twisting his mustache. Mustache is much. Right. And um, Marco's in his awesome new Cobra Morph. Yeah. Battles. Kind of hidden in the background. Super Can't sweet. Really I, I specifically remembered that part um, of the book. It's cheap because it's... Him, Vizard Tony knows how many Andalite Bandits there are, or he thinks he does. And Marco's like... In an unfamiliar morph for them, and he's I wonder out of if sight. you remember this specifically, because I remember this specifically, because this is the sample chapter from this cover. Oh, was it? No. Yeah. No. Oh, I remember that's it because I remember I, it. it was, as, as weird as this is going to sound, it was the first time I thought, like, as a kid about perspective, and, like, if you're standing somewhere and something's blocking somebody else's view of you, you can't be seen. The first time you thought about it, this book was like, you should have been like yeah, 10 or 11. It's not, it's not that young. <laughs> you should have figured that out already. I told you it was going to sound stupid. But it makes Learning sense. Learning with Mitch. <laughs> um, yeah, and this is a really tense scene um, because everyone thinks they're caught and they're screwed. Yeah, you've got you've got what it looks like, 50 hork At this point, yeah, they don't know the hork are, are holograms. Yeah, it's a hologram and a hologram and They hologram. think they're surrounded and they're about to get really boned here, and we see really who David really is. Um, he's the kind of guy who is going to just join the winning team, whatever side it yeah, may he be. He jumps over to Vizzer and is like, you know, Vizzer, I don't know why he didn't just cut his head off, but... He should have um, just... <laughs> Yeah, it was tail blade all their through realm. his chest. But he, you know, he was like, "Wizard, hey, I'm on your side. These guys captured me. They're kidnapping me. They're keeping me hostage." And it's not even like like a joking man. Like if he'd have private thought speak Jake and been like, "Yo, I got this. I'm gonna play with his mind. I'm gonna psych him out." Yeah, that's all he'd you have did. been okay. He doesn't do that. He's like rushing over to Wizard Tony, like, "Wait, I'm on your side." Yeah. And and uh, only stops because Cassie and Wolfmark just clamps down on him. Yeah, he's like about to. Flat out say that they're humans, and uh, yeah. yeah, and and reveal their secret, and, and the uh, Cassie, Cassie teeth which is awesome. That's this is this is why this is good written. This is why this is for us above just some children's book series because you have the layer of this character Cassie, who the entire book is saying, "Hey, take it easy on David. He's not that bad. You know, he's been through a lot." And then the second that anyone could have like, it could have been their downfall of trusting him too much. Cassie was ready. She was ready. Well, yeah, the second he proves himself as a threat, a, a possible threat, she's like, gotcha. The threat. <laughs> That's where they get it Okay. Yeah. It's, it's like a really bad situation, and um, hologramception continues. It's a live recording. We can't edit this out. <laughs> well, we could, but it would take a lot of time. And Jump cut. Uh... They find out that the Harkbajir army is false and that there's not really ever... And they make, it makes sense because they're in, uh, you know, such a big place. All the humans around. They're like, how could they get... How could they get this many Harkbajir in here? Yeah, right. it's not going to happen. Um, so they figure out it's holograms. And yeah, they get, they get marketed to try to bite out. one of the holograms. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, and uh, David kind of tries to redeem himself here by being like, this was all a ploy, and he attacks Visitor Tony. <laughs> um, doesn't really work out, obviously. Yeah. And he just kind of realigns him. He falls back in line with the team because it looks like they're going to be the winning side. Yeah. Right? Makes sense. Um, so he's back with them temporarily, and they all manage to escape, and it's kind of cool for a sec. Yeah. Until they're, like, leaving, and then... Favorite part <laughs> of the book right here. Where David's sitting there just bragging about how awesome he was. Right. <laughs> I don't know if he was doing that specifically to, like, at this point. Like, if we had been in his head, you know, would he have been thinking, like, well, 
everyone already hates me and um yeah david's just he's he's got the nerve to really brag and brag about himself and everything he did there and i don't know if he's doing it just to be a dick or if he like genuinely thinks like oh i did a good thing there yeah i think he thinks he got away with it so he's going there yeah yeah like so uh, he's he's playing it up he's convincing himself that he's he's good but i mean best part about this 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 is why it's amazing this is where jake just makes a turn like his dialogue his what he's thinking yeah Yeah. it's just a it's a hard left it's not a it's not a oh i wonder if he's bad i wonder if uh what if this David character is gonna be an issue? It's he's already he at this sign. There's no coming back. He's already made up his mind about David. They're gonna fix the problem. Well, and it's such a cold turn. He's he's telling like the other teammates to just shut up, ignore the problem, don't do anything yet, because he really doesn't want to like push David over the edge. You know, he's like teetering there on the edge. He can sense that David is obviously a problem that has to be dealt with. Yeah, it doesn't but he doesn't away. want anyone to like tip him off that they're going to start planning against him. Yeah, because as soon as he thinks that they're plotting against him, he's going to take off, which he does anyway. He's going to go rogue. So uh, this is just such a fairly powerful scene, scene especially awesome. from Jake's perspective. I wouldn't have wanted to been anyone else's head right there. So me neither. So after kind of diffusing the situation there, um, everyone sort of goes home, goes their own separate ways. But Jake makes the really intelligent uh, decision to go and watch over David uh, overnight, make yeah. sure he's not up to something or sneaking away. And he makes it through most of the night without uh, seeing anything. Um, he, he almost is thinking, you know, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I don't have anything to worry about. And then, and then, uh, as he's drifting off to Slumberland in uh, the back of Cassie's dad's truck, watching the barn, yeah, uh, he gets a thought speak from from Axe, mm-hmm. who I don't even think he knew was watching him there. Yeah, Eagle. No, I, I think he had a couple people on him. I don't think. I think this is coordinated. No, no, no. I think he specifically says mm-hmm. like that he goes to do it alone because he doesn't talk to anybody while he's doing no, it. No, but I, I think it's implied in the last when he's giving everyone orders to not talk to David or to not give themselves away, I think it's implied that... That they're all going to watch him or something? No, that that Jake's going to call them up separately and figure out a plan. Or he's going to give them the plan on the way home or something. It it could, cut, or, it's like a hard cut, and then there's like a time jump. Or it could be he just knows that he can depend on Axe and Tobias, the two like free agents of the yeah, group, to but I, be there watching. I really watching. think everybody's in on this. I could be wrong. Yeah, no, they all are. Um... But specifically, Axe is the one who's like... Eagle leaving the barn. Yeah, Eagle leaving the barn. We, we have, have a traitor. traitor. What an awesome line. <laughs> it Axe. was a good line. Yeah, yeah. It, that, was, that was sweet. Um, so Jake sends uh, Tobias after him first because he and Axe have to do some morphing to catch up. Yeah. Um, totally understandable. They uh, they follow him uh, back to his house. His he goes burn back to his wreck house. of a house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where he finds him. And uh, as soon as Jake flies in, he knows stuff is serious because... Tobias is like bloody and yeah, laying like on broken the floor. Neck, yeah, yeah, he looks dead. Well, he, For all intents and purposes, right now, as far as we know, Tobias is dead. Yeah, this this red-tailed hawk who looks a lot like Tobias is dead. On the <laughs> David says straight up, "Oh, he's dead." By the way, yeah, I killed him. That's hardcore as a you know twelve-year-old reading or eleven-year-old. I know, and you know the thing about animorphs is I wouldn't put it past them to kill Tobias off like this, this in this been, fashion. This would have been a great way to kill Tobias. Seriously, think of they all the repercussions been. and all the books that could have come after this that would have been dealing with them dealing with their first member loss because they made a mistake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's not even like due to a mission error or anything. It's like I know this I say is a problem we brought in. I know I say it a lot, but I want to read that book. I want to read the morning of Tobias. <laughs> the morning of Tobias. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, so as soon as he he gets in the room, you know, he knows stuff is pretty serious. Um. They they have a little argument. Uh, I well, think he tries to. I want to say a specific line, and this is not. I have no notes on this. This is not uh, me reading from the book. I'm we not do even have sure. the book right in front of you. It's <laughs> true. But I'm not reading it, um, and I'm not sure if this is from this book. But it's uh, David says something along the lines of, "I would never kill a human, but a bird, a tiger." That's yeah. I think is that, that from the end of this book? No, that was the first one when when he does kill a bird. I know, I know. <laughs> but I was insane. I think when they're on the mall roof maybe that's when he says it but david's line from this book or the next one one of those he says i wouldn't kill a human 
I wouldn't do that. I'm not a murderer. But I'd kill a bird, and I'd kill a tiger. You know, he, he says he'll kill mm-hmm. the animals. He'll kill animals. That's how he justifies it to himself. He's not really killing a human. He's killing a bird, even though it's Tobias. <laughs> right, yeah. You know? Well, either way, he's a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, uh, as they're sitting there kind of arguing, Jake's trying to still sort of defuse the situation. Hork Majir bust in. Because they're obviously as, watching as the usual. house. As usual, yeah. yeah. They, he's just got him like, I imagine, like an ice cream truck. Visitor Tony's driving around an ice cream truck with like <laughs> nine Hork Majir crammed in the back with their blades all mismatched. <laughs> They've got like a drumstick hanging off one. <laughs> Wicking ice cream cones. Getting ready to go into battle. Uh, yeah, the Hork Majir all bust in and everybody has to run. They have mm-hmm. they have to run and Axe is there. Um, they've got to demorph and remorph quickly. And David gets away as he's always doing. Yeah, it seems. So Jake is racing after uh, David. He basically turns to Axe and private thought speaking and says, "Get Rachel." Yeah, awesome, awesome Just moment awesome too. Awesome line because he knows what has to be done and he, he knows say Cassie's not gonna no do good, it. No good, Cassie. Marco could do it, but why? When you got Rachel. Marco would make the decision to do it. But if you need something done and you need to get your hands dirty, this is something that's going to actually make Rachel a good character. Because right now she's, oh, she's crazy Rachel. She'll go off. You know, it's kind of like almost character depth. But it's really just like, oh, she's crazy. And she's, you know, she's built for this. And this is the life she always wanted. But when Rachel starts dealing with the fact that Jake said get Rachel over everyone else because he knows that she'll do the messed up thing. Yeah, that's oh, when she starts awesome. having a character. It's this, it's this right here. This book defines Rachel. Yeah, and it, it lets you know like they all have their own special niche in the group. But yeah, when things go real south and <laughs> they need some murder alerting to happen, get Rachel. Yeah, that's what wow. they call. It's it's pretty sweet. It's what makes this book so dang good. That's um, book series <laughs> so dang good. So Tobias or uh, Axe has to fly off, leaving Jake to himself mm-hmm. and he's like he's following david and david's flying um he's still in birdmore kind of switching got, directions not really knowing where he's gonna go yeah and they're even talking to each other a little bit and david's mm-hmm. like you know where are we gonna do this at like i guess this place will have to be as good as any and he sets down on the mall which is awesome i mean this is like yeah great this is what this is the greatest thing this is like what tv show does when it gets to its like stride like when it gets into and knows its characters knows its universe they start like doing complex storylines but hitting the milestones of the book series. So to have yeah, this well, fight like they take bring place, it back to the mall. Yeah, to have the fight take place in the mall room at night. At night, that's that's touching on it's the classicness like of the series. Yeah, it's just if they had done book covers that weren't these weird kids morphing things, mm-hmm. if they had done like scenes from the book, would have been such an awesome scene. You could do okay. Maybe this is a little artsy. But uh, you could do book covers for the entirety of the series, different perspectives from around the mall. Just like looking at different parts of town. One like one's from like the doors looking outside, one's looking at the construction yard out front. And each one, you could piece together the entire series just by having like just views from the mall. Yeah, but I think about 85% of the books would just have forest on the cover. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it'd be great. It'd be like um, the roof of the mall with like some little like thrown away shopping cart or something like on its side, and then the forest in the most of the foreground or in the background. <laughs> Artsy. Yeah. Uh, so this is an awesome moment in the book, and it's unfortunate that it's probably only like a page and a half. Maybe. What a damn good page and a half, though. <laughs> yeah, because you know uh, we've got Jake who goes tiger, David goes lion. And it's been built up since the I previous feel like book. This is this is um this is what people who picked up the first book were wanting. Yeah. You know, this is like kind once of, you find out that he gets okay, that here. lion morph. I'm gonna go super nerdy right here, and you're you're gonna go appreciate it. it. This is like when a manga that's like hardcore philosophical decides to be a battle manga all of a sudden. It's like a genre change. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. You know what? We're gonna deal with complex issues, and you know, Cassie. Yeah, she doesn't know if she wants to be an animal. Tiger versus lion. Next book. <laughs> Boom! Here it is. Yeah, it's yeah. an awesome moment where they're they're battling it out, and as it just so happens, the fight ends prematurely because they end up on the uh, glass skylight of the mall. Oh, 
If this were done, this either is either live action or this animated. Is it would insane. just be epic. That's what I'm saying. This is this is purely how you could justify the live action over animation. Seeing Look, reading picture, scenes picture like this, Roger Deakins shooting this. No, I don't care about that. No, you, that's what I'm saying. I'm never going to care about live action. A tiger circling a lion and then fighting and falling through a skylight. I think it would that's look just look as good in animation. Ridiculous. Yeah, because they could do insane, awesome things with it. it oh, they could do like paintbrushes. I like believe, Street Fighter Four. I believe in the power of animation. I believe in the power this of animation. This guy's a doubter over here. I'm just saying. <laughs> he a thinks movie. live human beings are so special. There's there's a movie called it's being released this week in the Alamo Draft House called Roar, and it's a 1970s movie uh, where they shot with like. Over 200 lions, tigers, cheetahs, and... Yeah, I want to uh, see that. Yeah, and like 70 people That's, on that set. That is exactly why Animar should never be done live action. 70 this, people. This proves it. 70 crew members were maimed Mauls? on set. Yeah, all the maulings that happened. <laughs> we need that. But Jake, we... Jake, stop! <laughs> Jake's on the rampage. Uh, yeah. Shoot her! So we don't... Shoot her! We don't really know how the battle ends, unfortunately, just yet, because mm-hmm. it leaves off to be continued as they're falling oh, through the skylight. No, 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 no! It does not leave with them falling through the skylight. It leads. It, it leaves off with uh, Jake feeling a ripping at his throat and blood pulsating out of him. Really? Let's see. What does it go to the last page? Yeah, what does go. it specifically say? It says specifically. <laughs> you are really bad at skipping pages. Here we go, okay, here we go. Yeah, it's right there. No, just read that last little bit there. You don't even need to go from no, there. No, yeah, right here, here. Oh my god, you're gonna read that kind of thing. Below me, I saw the dim light, dim night lights of the mall. I caught a strange, unreal glimpse of the Walden Books. Walden Books, that's... Walden that's Books, nostalgia. yeah, that's yeah. old school. That's where I bought my first animal book. Walden Books. Oh, we didn't have that. We had B. B. Dalton. Uh, anyway, Walden Books and the baby gap beside it. It was a 20-foot drop to the upper mall concourse. David leaped. I couldn't grip well enough to move, so I stood defenseless as the tan blur hit me like came at me like a truck. He hit. His mouth was aimed at my throat. I jerked aside. Mm-hmm. He slammed into me, and there was a huge world-filling shattering of glass. glass oh, no. right. Down we fell! Exclamation point. Down we fell, slashing and biting and trying to kill, even as the floor rushed up to slam us. And then, in midair, twisting to get my feet beneath me, I felt the teeth. I felt them sink into my neck. I felt the blood gushing, like tiger's blood. My blood. Falling ellipses. Falling ellipses. And already the darkness ellipses. The darkness ellipses. To be continued. That's a cliffhanger. Ellipses. That's how you do cliffhanger endings. Though, I don't actually believe Jake's dead. <laughs> or in any you know, real danger. You know, here's, what, here's what we're doing right here. Five out of five. No lengthy review <laughs> no need to talk it over no little comical how did you know i was gonna give it a five out of five i'm, t- I'm not gonna not you don't get to decide <laughs> you don't get to this decide. is this is our review right here to be fair no, i wasn't gonna give it a four this is a five no five tigers out of five tigers. this is a five straight up out of five Visitor one Tony's. of the best books i've ever read five out of five visitor tony's Nope, don't. Not For even, sure. Don't even sully it with our little joke. This is a work of literature. This is suspenseful writing like Michael Crichton and Tom Clancy wish they could write. A true American classic. It is. <laughs> it's 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 just too smart and too well written for No, for yeah, you, you make a good point. With all the talking up we've done of this, it is hard to give it a proper review mm-hmm. because we've really hit everything we like about it yeah. i mean so much development remember that jake. time we were talking about the plot and jake <laughs> that was the general things that was our review they're uh-huh. amazing it's it's all good i mean i'm super super pumped for the next one and that's the thing it's the weird yeah. thing like the discovery kind of just your normal animorphs book like it was good it was well written yeah. but it was kind of just like okay here's a cool concept they got a new animorph stuff's happening Maybe he's not all his scenes or whatever. But still, pretty straightforward Animorphs book. Nothing all that special about it. Just the start of a good thing. Yeah. This is this is, this is is them taking off and being like, we're going to write a sequel. We're going to write a sequel to a book. Excuse me. We're going to write a sequel to a book. It's going to take place in this world we've built. And we're going to go all out with it. Yeah, aside from the fluff that we mentioned. Which, you know what? I think if they had cut out the fluff from the first book. It is very little fluff. Every Animorphs book has. this one, 
and maybe combine them. Yeah. Maybe throw in another book from David's but every perspective. every Animorphs book has maybe fluff. Maybe this drop is, him off with the chief for a book. This is minimal fluff. Minimal fluff. And so, like, this one and the next one, you really go into his personalities in this world and, and how David is just crashing it down around them. Yeah, yeah. If anything, I think maybe we could have gained something from not having it back to back as a trilogy if yeah. they had done it like okay David is brought in in one book and then we're going to sit him aside with the chief yeah, and then we're going to do another book maybe with this super hardcore mission that's super important and then you know bring him back do that training book like you said if we had a book from David's perspective him out in the forest acts as his mentor mm. god it would probably be one of the best books. My in the only regret of this is the fact that David isn't a recurring problem. Right, yeah. Um, and based on how easily he gets away from every situation in this book, uh, the previous book, the next book is going to start out with him and escaping I do, once and I do again. Appreciate, I do appreciate giving him an ending. Like, not just having him get away and he'll be there next time. Like, Darth Vader's, you know, TIE Fighter circling off into the distance and, yeah or you know. the blade ship <laughs> yeah they they ended it which i appreciate but then they decided to bring him back in a horribly ghostwritten book right yeah so. not my favorite um maybe upon second reading i'll find Rachel. something more to enjoy about it well i mean i like that it's crack and i like this david but that's about where it ends yeah i still think they could have just done more with it but in terms of this book you're right five out of five five out of five i don't know what uh the solution is going to be I honestly don't. I remember liking it, and I remember it gets dark, and uh, it gets really dark. We gave the Discovery 4 out of 5, right? I think so. Yeah, that was a 4 out of 5. This is 5 out of 5. The next one, I'm going to say it's probably going to be another 5 out of 5. I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be great. I, th- I remember the crazy dark parts, and it might get a boost in score just from that and me remembering that. Honestly, but... I forgot all of the Cousin Sadler stuff, yeah. and when we were doing that first book, The Discovery, you brought it up. You said something. Don't you remember when... What happens with the cousin? And just because I didn't want to argue about it or spoil it for myself, I yeah. went along with it. But at the time, I was thinking, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then once this popped up, I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is going to be a good little side plot. So, yeah, but I can't remember. And the Rachel stuff is obviously it's all about her dealing with. Uh, and, and you don't really pick up on these first two books. You could say that's kind of a fault of the trilogy. They don't really build up Rachel's feelings to the third book because the third book's all about how much she hates David and how much they, they, he makes her feel weak. There, no, there's a really good line in here about this, in fact. Keep talking. I'm going to find it. Okay. Well, um, um, it's when they're all flying away with her. Um, she's like, I hate him. He's a little turd. <laughs> He's such a little turd. You're just flipping through pages, right? Well, it's Alexandria, I know. It's when they're all flying away from the... the, Yeah, she says, The gutless, treacherous little worm. He blows with the wind. He turned on Visitor 3 when he saw he might win. Yeah, but, I mean, in the next book, she's really dealing with the fact that she hates him. Not, like, just a hate-hate. She, like, he gets under her skin at another level. Yeah. No, he he is, like, the anti-Rachel. Yeah, he ends I up, think. If, there's, if he's a rival to anyone, you almost make it seem like he's Marco, because they fight so much in the first two Yeah, and that's... But, but was, he's Rachel's um, He's rival. Rachel's adversary. Yeah. Um, And as much as they want to make it seem like he's Jake's adversary right now, it ultimately comes back to Rachel. I mean, he gets the better of Jake, but he's not, like, Jake's equal. He's, he's more like just an obstacle for Jake. Yeah, he's... Really. he's He's a learning catching, experience. He's catching Jake at a horrible time. Jake has to make all these decisions on whether they can have a new Animorph while they're doing this incredibly important mission. Right. Jake's stumbling because he's got the world on his shoulders. So, yeah, he loses a fight. Mm-hmm. You know? Rachel, this is Rachel's biggest threat. This is her destiny, some might say. It is. <laughs> if only she could grow super muscles and super long claws and fight them. That's what the fan base is really looking for. That's what we want. If anything, we should have that on a cover of a book. I want that book. Yeah. Uh, but that said, I, I think that's everything we've got about this book. We both are crazy about it. Um, really excited for the next one. Yeah. It would be great if we could do another video episode, but it's probably not going to happen. No, this is probably <laughs> the last time. I don't think we're going to record another one uh tomorrow when I'm into my bachelor party and I'm just 
That, that would be a great time to review a book. I like the Animorphs. They're my friends. Maybe just a private thought speaker. Oh, it'll get private. <laughs> <laughs> Add, fan base, we're going to put another Facebook poll. Would you like to see Colin record with no pants? I thought... Weigh in now. Don't act like you're, you've been wearing pants this whole time, okay? <laughs> I know what's going on down there. This is why we don't sleep deprivation. This is why we don't record in the same room. This is there's a not usually. Yeah. There's, oh, there's too much history. Here. I've never been able to do this while we're recording. Like I'm Whoa. in the room with him. It's so weird. He's like physical. You've never been able to punch me when I've gone on a tangent. Hogan, <laughs> Joe, stop talking. <laughs> uh. You still haven't seen all the Mission Impossible's. That is. No, no, I haven't. But you know what? I really want to see the new one because I hear how good it is. You can't jump in at six. Yeah, you can. Or five. I think they're on five. You don't even know. But it's not even like the sixth one's supposed to be great, but so are all the other. The second one is arguably the only one that's not that great and still has amazing action scenes in it. You know what else I haven't seen all of? But I still saw the new one and it blew my. Private Thoughts Speak Part 2? No, you started bringing up movies. Mad Max, Fury Road. I have not seen the other Mad Mad Max. It doesn't matter. I've only seen Mad Max Yeah, you're too. right. It doesn't matter. Like, the other ones are inconsequential to the plot. Of exactly. exactly. No, I, I wasn't saying it plot-wise. I knew that that didn't matter. Yeah. But I'd never seen the other ones. Yeah. Well, I hadn't seen Road Warrior until this new one was coming out. And I once, that's, like, the famous one. The second one. Yeah. They've got different titles, don't they? Yeah. Well, it's Mad Max, and then it's the Road Warrior in America, because they didn't know... They didn't think that Americans had seen this weird Australian film, which is what the first one Australian? is. Yeah. All of them are Australian films. Oh. Yeah. Sweet. And uh, it's like their only export. Uh, it's like that and Fosters. <laughs> yeah, because none uh, of their people will drink Fosters it. and Deadly Snake Bites. Yeah, um, export them. So yeah, so yeah, you Mad Max, um, the Road Warrior, and then you have Mad Max uh, Beyond the Thunderdome, and then you have Mad Max. Oh, is that the Fury one with Road. Master Blaster? Yep. <laughs> I haven't seen it. And I'm I'm not even joking. I've got. Um, like two or three days off this week, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna hit up straight out Compton. I really want to see that. It's got an 87 percent. The trailer looks amazing. You know, I love I, NWA. It, it's it's right up there in my priorities list. Right under record a podcast, write a novel, write a screenplay. Yeah. Right under all that stuff is go see straight out Compton. I'm starting a new job and I'm planning a wedding. So. <laughs> And straight out of Compton is about both of those things, right? Anyway, Animar's review is done. That is. Excellent episode. Yeah, first live episode. See how everyone reacts to this. Will they care? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It should be an interesting experiment. But I think we're going to throw the videos up first and then release the... Uh, the audio, yep. The audio, like, maybe, like, a week later. Whenever I get around to it. Yeah, well, let's say a week later just because, I mean... Whenever you get around it, it's fine. I'm just saying, like, give it, like, a gap so that people check out the video. Yes, a noticeable gap, sure. Yeah. Will do. Okay. Well, I think Watch for the be... gap. Look for our gaps. <laughs> Look at our gaps. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's our first uh, video review of uh, Animal's Books. If you'd like to see more of these, chime in, and uh, maybe we'll throw a Kickstarter up, and yeah. we'll turn this into a video podcast. Kickstart. Uh, our plane tickets, me to fly to Texas and him to fly to Minnesota. Well, if people really wanted a video podcast, we could kickstart it, get some video equipment that is actually that good. doesn't suck. And have a side-by-side, you know, magic filmmaking. Should we both record on green screens? <laughs> we could green screen ourselves in in a couch behind us? We could us. have you, like, upside down, like, your head's going this way and mine's up here and... I think we should do like the dramatic split screen where it's like that, and I'm down here, and you're on that. So- yeah, like the comic book. We do like we're the Brady on the phone. Bu- do like the Brady Bunch. It's like seven <laughs> different boxes, and we're in all of them, like looking down at each other. <laughs> I don't even know how we'd coordinate that. Uh, yeah, but if you want to see more, hey, let us know. And if you really like the episode, let us know. We love hearing kind words about yeah, ourselves. Keep sending us those emails. You can reach us at. ThoughtSpeakCast at gmail.com. You can jump on our Twitter at MorphCast or Facebook.com slash ThoughtSpeakCast. Reddit.com slash r slash Animorphs. We post there. We're the only ones who post there. Apparently the sub is dead without us. Sorry. I apologize. 
Oh, and obviously check out our main website at www.thoughtspeakcast.com. I would also like to say Twitter, hashtag David Trilogy. Is that is that the hashtag we started? Is it hashtag so. David Trilogy? It's been a while. Or right. hashtag it's what on. What up, David? <laughs> hashtag epic David. I, I can't remember. Hashtag us. Hashtag things with us and David's. David's bridal? David. I don't know. Do something our, with, our jokes are getting worse. Do something with the Twitterverse. We'll be there. Sounds good. Okay. I'm also on Twitter at I am Mitchell Olson. Okay. That's, that's great. Man. Good. Okay. I'm promoting so, myself. Self-promotion. It's important. My name's Colin McClung, last surviving member of the Nostromo crew. Signing out. And my name is Mitchell Olson, last surviving Saiyan on Earth. Signing out.